You're listening to Building the Game with Rob and Jason. It's Building the Game with Jason and Rob. For tabletop game design, you really can't go wrong. Building the Game, yeah, Building the Game. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today, it's, what is it? It's January 28th. 2019 it's episode 348 rob and jason here we probably sound like garbage at least i do i don't know how jason sounds jason how do you sound i probably sound great yes you know what else is garbage michigan michigan i man okay so here's the deal builders um lots of things happening tonight number one there's a massive ice storm going on outside our doors tonight here in Michigan. Uh, it took me, normally it takes me about 10 minutes to uh, to go between my house and the office where I work. Uh, tonight it took me 45 minutes to get home. Um, and that was on top of leaving work 45 minutes late due to a vehicle issue that I don't even want to get into because it's just going to fill me with rage. Um <laughs> Anyway, by the time I, I got home, uh, it was a situation where I should have left to go to Jason's house about 20 minutes before then. Uh, and, and that would have been on a good day in good weather. So in bad weather, anyway. So we're recording by Skype. And the reason why we decided to go ahead and record by Skype tonight, and Jason, feel free to interrupt me anytime if you want, because oh, I'm sure. probably going to get... I, uh, anyway. So we had an interview scheduled for tonight. Uh, and to, it, and to correct you, we have two interviews scheduled for tonight because we were trying to be like, let's get two together on one night. Right. Yes. And so it was important for us to still get this done because we didn't want to reschedule on two different people. Um, so we said, you know what? Let's just do it by Skype. Uh, it's not ideal, but we need to get this stuff done. Uh, we're on a schedule, right? Um and uh, sadly, uh, our first interview for tonight, who I think we already said before, was going to be JT from uh, the Game Crafter. I think we mentioned it last week. Sadly, JT ended up having a conflict and couldn't do it for us tonight. So, Jason and I are going to just sort of wing it here, uh, completely unprepared for tonight's episode. Which the good news is most of our listeners for the last 347 episodes know that's not all that different than normal. Um, so that's good. That's good. It's, it's pretty typical. No, we, we got, this is, we have a big show planned for you guys. It's going to be great. Um, (laughs) and next week, next week we have a really cool interview that I'm going to, I'm going to say we have a cool interview next week. That's not with JT that we will do it another week because we already had this interview scheduled for tonight. Hopefully it happens because, um, (laughs) because I'm really excited about this one too. Uh, it's very different than any interview we've done. Uh, some creators we're going to talk to, and I think you're going to really like it, Builders. And if you don't, I don't care because I'm going to really enjoy it, uh, <laughs> assuming that it happens. Uh, these people live in southern Illinois, so hopefully um, their weather didn't go to crap and they're not stuck uh, at work or something. So, yeah, uh, yeah. it's good times yeah. all around. Great days, yes. Good times, noodle salad. All right, so uh, what are we going to yeah. talk about, sir? I don't know. What's new with you? What's going on? Um. Well, I um. So, oh gosh. So you and I had this conversation. I like to do this on the podcast where I talk about something, but I can't talk about it all. So I, I yeah. told I told the builders that uh, I am working on a special game project that uh, with my son that will be kickstarted later this year. 
Um, but I said, I'm not going to publish games, Rob. I don't want to publish games. Um, but on a later episode, I'm going to talk about the fact that I'm probably publishing another game unrelated to that uh, because I just really want to publish it. <laughs> so, so you were giving me a hard time over text recently about that. I was, so, yes. So that's something that we'll be able to talk about at a later date that I'm pretty stoked about. Um, uh, it's a game I designed, um, working with a really cool artist, um, partnering to, uh, to publish it ourselves. Um, yeah, and I think it's going to be really neat. Um, and it allows us basically to publish something that, um, I think is a little more risky than most publishers want to do. And I don't mean risky, like risque. I mean, like, just like a little more risky of a, of a endeavor. Uh, and because we don't have a company to run, we can just do this one game and see what happens. Uh, we can be crazy and just go for it. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Um, so more of that to come, but I'll tell you this for you uh for you builders that listen really closely uh you've already heard me talk about this game a ton so and it's not gunslinging ramblers oh my gosh it's definitely not that game (laughs) so there that filled some time rob i gave information (laughs) good job i'm proud of you giving some information yeah have you have you been playing any games lately jason um no not literally none um, None? No, we've just been really busy. Um, I've been doing a lot of business work stuff, trying to get things going, and uh, that has taken up a ton of my free time, pretty much all of it. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so so no, I've been do so I, I've been doing some designing of late though. Um, uh, and I'll talk a little bit about that if that's okay. Is that cool? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So um, so my uh, card game that I've been working on the um, uh, minis battle arena card game. Um, so I ran into a snag with that. Um, you know, one of the things we talked about was I was saying there, if there, we're going to have, so this game, uh, for a quick summary, in case you didn't hear about it, real quick summary is, uh, I want to, with cards and no board, um, give you the feeling of a minis battle arena game, um, where the movement doesn't feel fiddly at all and everything works really well. Um, and it's cards with, with abilities powered by dice, um, and uh, kind of a riff off like old D and D miniatures or Dreamblade, two games I really was a big fans of, um, and kind of using those and uh, kind of dice masters, I guess as well, since that actually is cards and dice with no movement. Um, so, anyways, uh, I had decided to have four different types of energy power these abilities, and and here's the issue I started to run into. Um, so, at any point in the game, there is a pretty good chance that some of the energy is completely useless and I never want that, right? I always want there to be an option that makes sense. And also because of the randomness of the way the energy is rolled, there's a chance that you're, you're, you're not getting what you need. So I thought, well, okay, I'm going to make it so that attacking and moving both require energy. And then I'll just assign different energies to each character to keep it balanced. So that basically, um, you know, makes all the energy always important. But still, there's a chance that wouldn't work. And then, and it just, it was, I, I was really, like, I was really struggling with the game. But this is a game that I'm super passionate about. So I said, I'm going to make this work somehow. So I had an idea that I'm pretty excited about, which was, now there's just one, now there are four types of actions. Uh, and I removed the way the energy works. And that is, so there's the move action, the attack action, the um, ability action, which is using your ability. And then the uh, summoning action, which is to bring a new card into play, right? Um, and I wanted to have eight dice. So what I did was, 
there are two dice that are attack dice, two dice that are move dice, two dice that are summoning dice, and two dice that are ability dice, as you may guess. Um, and at the beginning of the round, all of those are rolled. So what that guarantees is that guarantees a spread of every action, and it is impossible for someone to not have access to one of those actions if they want it. Um, so basically, when you roll those eight dice, right, the first player gets one die, the second player gets two, which means if the first player has to have a move action to not lose, the first player will always have access to at least one move action. Now, if they didn't take it first, the second player, of course, could take both move actions and screw them, right? But it it makes the game inherently more balanced. Um, so I'm really stoked about that, and that's really helped me push forward on, on the design and, um, and, and what to do with that. Um, so I, I'm getting close to being able to make the first prototype, uh, which I'm pretty stoked about. This made a huge uh, difference um, in how everything can work. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Cool. Yeah, that sounds neat. <sighs> so yeah, so that's what I've, that's what I've been gaming with, uh, just working okay. on that game. Good times. Yeah, we, uh, let's see, we've got, uh, we managed to finish the, the, we finished playing, finished all the chapters, I should say, in uh, the uh, House of Danger, the Choose Your Own Adventure book, or game, rather. Awesome. Uh, and it, it was fun. It was, um, I feel like those last two chapters moved very quickly, much more quickly than the earlier chapters. And I don't know if that's because we were, maybe we were rushing through them, or maybe they were shorter, maybe we happened to pick, just by chance, kind of the critical path. Um, and, uh, and, and, the story wrapped up in a really, really kind of bizarre way. <laughs> I mean, the, the story was bizarre from beginning to end, but it, I don't know. Anyway, um, it, but so one of the core mechanics in that game is this is this like psychic energy track, and as you um, as you're playing the game, you're gonna be presented with these different types of challenges. And, uh, and you have to roll against a, a, a modifier on, on the board, and that's just sort of a risk thing, right? And you, when you roll, you have to roll the, uh, the number on your, the modifier number or higher to succeed at the challenge. Okay. In some challenges, you can only attempt one time. If you pass, then you get some kind of reward. If you fail, then you lose psychic energy, which is the separate, separate track. Um, other challenges, you have to pass them in order to continue the story. And if you if you fail, you just re-roll and try again. But every time you fail, you lose psychic energy. Okay. Um, so what you end up getting is um, it's a D six, right? So it's just it's just a one in six chance. And if you happen to roll poorly many times over then your psychic energy level keeps dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. And, and it's really, really hard to build that back up. Um, so we got, we got a bad ending. I'll say it that way without telling everybody about the story, what, what happened. Um, but looking back on it, it, I, I don't, I don't know that players have a lot of control over whether they get a good or bad ending as a result. Mm. Because cause also as you're playing the game, you're, you're getting items, you know, special items and, and bonuses and, and, and things that, that you can 
by completing challenges or going to certain rooms or exploring certain things, you can get these bonuses that could help you in later challenges. And by the end of the game, we had like like 16 of these special item cards, and none of them were able to help us even one time in those last two chapters. Um, well, that's probably not true. There's probably one or two times that they were able to help us, but the help was negligible. It, it didn't make any difference. And so what's, what's kind of frustrating for me as from a game perspective of playing this game and wanting to win the game, um, I'm frustrated that I didn't have more agency in uh, more, more, more ability to, to affect the outcome of those roles, right? right? Even if it was 2d6, you know, if it was 2d6, I'd be able to judge odds there a little bit better. But just 1d6, it was really just a, a you know shot in the dark about whether we were going to pass it or not. Um, but at the same time, also, I mean, it's a choose-your-own-adventure story, and those are just completely random anyway. Um, so maybe I'm overthinking it and not really being fair to the source material by being frustrated by that. Well, but I would, I would say in your defense, one of the big things about a choose-your-own-adventure story is you die, go back to a previous decision if you want, and continue on, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of how you can play it, but with an actual game... You're not able to do that, and I, um, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't. For a game you invest that much time in, and it's a co-op game like that, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't like that. Like, I feel like if you're going to have a long co-op experience, over, you know, like you, you somehow you earned the good ending, right? Like, I don't know, like that, that would that would be really disheartening to me. It was a little bit of a bummer, and, and you know, part, part of me says, well, you only played it one time, and you you spread it out over, over a long period of time, so maybe there were other clues that we should have been looking for uh, that, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, but I also feel like, I mean, the game is set up in chapters, and it encourages you to play it in small doses and spread it out over a, a wider period of time, so that you don't, right. it, it's not, it doesn't seem meant to be, you don't, doesn't appear to be designed to me to be for you to play all six chapters in one sitting. I think that's the wrong way to do it. Um, we How, played it. Would that in, be a really long game to do that? It would probably take you a couple hours. Yeah, Just a couple. You know, maybe three hours. We we played it in three sessions, two chapters each. Um, and and we've been doing that probably over the last six months, honestly. Six months? No, less than that. Probably like four months. So we, we did spread it out. Um, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's just different. It's, it, I mean, it was, it was quirky and weird. I should also say, at the end of each chapter, you get to the end of the chapter, and it says, hey, you know, now's your chance to go back and explore and try all the other options in that chapter that you didn't take the first time around. And we didn't do that because we kind of felt like that was against the spirit of it. But from a, from a you know, a, an optimization or, or you know, a, playing the, the game the best way we probably should have gone back and done all that other stuff and then maybe we would have gotten more items or had more successful challenges or, or right. whatever i could see that yeah but, so, but, but it yeah. should be explicit i think then at the beginning right like hey listen this game's really hard you're going to want to do these things to make sure that you optimize your chance to win at the end so do yeah. that you know yeah yeah but anyway that was fun we had a good time um, outside of that, 
I'm still playing some Final Fantasy VII, still loving Hitman 2. Um, those have been my, my main uh, gaming experiences lately. Cool. Cool, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I did remember one game I played a while back, which was Geek Out. Um, which I really liked the first time we played it and the second time we played it I didn't like it as much so uh-huh. here's the thing like so here's what we figured out with the game we just started cheating because this is what you do um, and uh, instead of rolling the dice and just taking whatever because the idea is you get a card it's got six challenges on it you roll the dice that decides which challenge you get right and a lot of times there'd be something awesome on the card and then a bunch of really crappy stuff and, you know, you're probably going to roll the crappy stuff. And the crappy stuff wasn't just hard. It just wasn't fun. So, you know, um, so, so anyways, I was a little less, I'm a little sad about that game not being nearly as good as I thought it was the first time we played it. It's the first time we played it. I was like, this is amazing. I don't feel like that now. So. Okay. Well, it's too bad. It is too bad. Yeah. Um, so, hey, so, uh, why, we were, we were talking about what to do on this impromptu, unexpected episode, and, uh, I threw out maybe doing a board gameizer challenge for each of us. You did throw that out, and I said, okay, let's do that. All right, well, let's do that. We got about 15-ish, maybe a little bit more minutes here before we gotta move on to our next thing. Um, so, do you want to go first, do you want me to go first? I'll go first, throw something out. All right, so just in case anybody doesn't know, we're looking at BoardGameizer.com. It is the board game design idea generator. We like to come back to this sometimes for some impromptu pitch challenges. Uh, And it shows us mechanics, theme, victory condition, and if we want, we can add a constraint. Yeah. I want a constraint for sure. You do? Okay, all right. So I'm going to click the button, and let's see what we got. Oh, oh, Jason, this is right up your alley. Oh, I, I hope you're not making fun of me and that you're actually telling the truth. No, I'm deadly serious. Awesome, I'm down. Okay, all right, so your mechanics are variable player powers. Oh, yeah. And pattern building. Nice. The theme is sharks and Frankenstein. The victory condition is beat the game. Your constraint. (laughs) Your constraint is players must have less than two cards in hand. Less than two cards, which I assume means one card. Wait, less than two cards? Is that literally what? In hand. I didn't even yes. click until you said, I guess that means one. I was thinking two cards or less. Uh, I, I mean, I'll, I'll let you have two or two if you want. No, no, I, it says less than two. Um, okay. So so zero is an option. Uh, so basically, I yes. do have choices. I have one or zero. Negatives are very hard to have in your hand. I have minus five cards in my hand right now. Um <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just to clear, beat the game, uh, that to me means that you are, maybe this is a solo game, uh, or maybe it's a co-op game, um, or it's one of those competitive games where if you only win if you beat the game. Yeah? Yeah, 
I think it could, I mean, those are all fine. I could also see it being like, uh, you know, reach the end of the, of the track or something. Okay. Yeah. Reach the end of the track actually works real well with what I was thinking. So, um, okay. okay. So to recap here, my board game is going to be about sharks and Frankenstein. Yeah. Uh, it will have variable player powers, uh, pattern building. Yeah. Um, I have to beat the game and the players can only have one or zero cards in their hand. We'll say, uh, I'm going to go yeah. with, I'm going to go with one. Um, so, uh, all right. Okay. So here is the, here's the deal. Um, the players are genetically, um, modified stitched together sharks, like Frankenstein sharks. Okay. Uh, cool. and we're in this lab. Uh, you know, we all have different things. Some of us have freaking lasers on our heads. Some of us just have big, big oversized metal jaws, like odd job. Um, we all have different crazy abilities, though, right? Um, and uh, the, we've been built for some genetic warfare experiment, I'm sure, because that's what always happens in these things. But we've become sentient. In fact, we actually are people's brains inside of the sharks, because that's even grosser uh, and more realistic. So we are sharks with people brains. Um, they really want to escape this lab. Now, in Jurassic Park, one of the things they do is they make it so all the dinosaurs are girls so they can't breed. But, you know, as Jeff Goldblum tells us, of course, right, life uh, finds a way. Um, so, so here's the deal. They have bred us so that when we're not, we, we have to be hooked up to this feeding thing at all times. And if we're not, then we will go hungry within minutes and, and starve to death. Right? What an interesting yeah. failsafe. Thank you for, for enjoying that. All right. So, um, but one of the things they have to have here is lots of other fish, right? So, um, so we've concocted this plan as sharks, knowing that, that likely only one of us can really survive. Um, you know, but that's okay because we're, we're humans, but we're also sharks. So we are pretty much for ourselves. Um, so knowing that only one of us can survive... Uh, but we're all going to go for it together to try and escape. Now, we've, uh, we've managed with our smarts to uh, do some stuff, and I don't know what it was, uh, there's this, but there's this huge, huge corridor um, that would lead to the exit and would actually get us to the ocean, right? Uh, we figured out how to flood that corridor. So now we've got this tunnel that's flooded with water, right? And we've figured out how to funnel in all of the fish, all of the fish from the rest of this place. So now we've got, basically, we're in our tanks. We're going to leap out of our tanks and have to go through the hallway of fish, constantly eating fish so that we don't die, right, to get into the ocean. And once we're into the ocean, magically, um, this field that they have that makes us have to eat will go away and we'll be fine. It'll be great, Okay. Yes, yes, because we're in fresh water, and that's what's doing it. When we get to salt water, we'll be fine. Yeah, that's realistic. That, that's definitely that sounds scientifically accurate to me. I thought so. I mean, that's why sharks actually die in fresh water. People don't know that, but it's because they starve to death. So, okay, so here's it, what it you happens very quickly too. Very they starve to death so fast. So fast. So the way the hallway is built, there's no actual board in this game. The way the hallway is built is, um, it is built with a. Um, uh, with cards, um, and the cards are um, uh, form the hallway, right? So there's uh, a three stack of cards, so um, and then it goes ten long. So you actually have thirty cards on the board, right? And then your your shark is also a card, um, and so some of the cards have fish on them, 
specific kinds of fish. Other other cards uh, or other um, other uh, cards have nothing on them, right? They're just blank or different. So different kinds of fish. Uh, we'll say there are five different types of fish because um, that works in like bejeweled or some crap. And then there is, um, and then you've got uh, you've got uh, your shark. So on your turn, um, you can either uh, well on your turn you can either use a power or move, right? Um, and to move, you can you move to eat the nearest fish in front of you. Well, actually, we'll say the nearest fish in any direction you choose. If you want to go backwards, go backwards. You're probably going to die. But um, when you oh, and the fish cards are double sided because I love double sided cards. So um, when you um, uh, move forwards, we'll say, you would eat the fish in front of you. Now, if adjacent to that, orthogonally or diagonally, is another fish of the same type in that pattern, you can eat that as well, right? Now, on your turn, you have one card in your hand, double-sided card, with fish and or blanks on it. You are able to play that card. In fact, you must play that card on your turn somewhere on the board and then pick up the card you've played on top of uh, you've played in that slot you can't obviously play it over a shark card because that doesn't make any sense um, so what you're trying to do in the game is you're trying to create a path of least resistance for yourself while blocking the other sharks because once one shark gets to salt water you know then all the other sharks just I guess just die so that sucks for them maybe because the gate is closing at the end of the hallway that sounds real too um, that actually sounds like the most real thing I've said so far, but, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, um, so that's what's happening. Uh, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to build a pattern to move as far as you can down the hallway. Um, honestly, uh, 10 spaces is probably not enough. So what I think I would do is, um, uh, have a way that the board rotates. So like when you get to the end, you go back to the beginning again. Uh, and you get a token every time you do that, and the first person to do that five times has escaped. Does that make sense? Yes, it's a magical shark hallway. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, basically, yeah. So right. anyways, um, so that's the game. I uh, I actually feel okay about that. I don't. <laughs> Thanks. Not even a little bit. To be clear, I did completely handle every single thing that was there. Uh, and so what you would do, by the way, with your shark for the variable power is, um, say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so the, the shark would be double sided as well. And one side would be using the variable power. The other side would not be. And when you use it, you have to flick your, flip your shark over and he does not get the power back until he's reached the end of the hallway. The one of the, and had to start over. Then he flips back to the other side. So there you go. Okay. Literally have covered all of the, of the requirements. I, I guess you have. Yeah. I can't argue with that. <laughs> All right. Well, well done. Thanks. Your it's turn. Your best pitch of the year. Probably. <laughs> I kind of want to play that game though. Like. So far, <laughs> it's your best. <laughs> All right. So it's my turn. Yes. All right. I'm gonna click the button. If it's really bad, you you totally can click again. I mean, I know I can't stop you because I can't see what you're doing. But, you know, um, I would have asked you to click it again if it had been really terrible, even though mine yeah. was great. Oh, no, I'm, I'm totally down with what I just got here. Awesome. Okay. So here, here's what we got. Mechanic is worker placement. Okay. The theme is Chinese mind power. 
the victory condition is victory points. And the constraint, players can change seats. This is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. worker placement, you have to win with the most victory points. The theme is Chinese mind power. So we have psychic Chinese people. Is there and, any other kind? Uh, I well, uh, I don't know, honestly. I've never been to China. Maybe so everyone there is psychic. It's possible. It, the board gameizer knows this and we're not aware. It's very possible. Okay. And then players can change seats. I think okay. I feel like the constraint should be players must change seats. Just saying. Like you better incorporate that because changing seats is really good. That is really good, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. So um, this this is uh, this takes place during World War Four. Okay, uh, in the uh, distant future, um, this is this is World War Four. In the distant future, uh, after time travel has been developed and sent uh, sent people back in time to um, to the 1950s. So this is a, a cross time war. Um, and uh, as as expected, right? Uh, the, what we know now is that the secret to time travel all along has been mind power. Um, so the Chinese were the first to develop this new this new mind power technology with time travel. Um, and uh, and what we have is then we have we have uh, each player is sitting in a different period of time when all of these these psychic warriors, Chinese psychic warriors, can can uh, conduct World War Four uh, across time and space, and and uh, uh, whatever seat you're in dictates whatever time period you're in, um, and in that time period, you have a certain number of uh, of of time warriors or mind warriors that you can send out into the world to uh, to take actions. Uh, and to try and wage this war across the globe. Now, um, uh, uh, what, what kinds of actions are they going to take? Well, uh, uh, so the, to start with, there's, there's kind of a, a basic area control concept where you want to have uh, just strictly the number, your guys controlling the most number of territories in the world. You know, I mean, honestly. Um, so every, for every guy you have, uh, alone in a territory on that turn, you're going to get a victory point for that, and that's great. So that's just kind of a fundamental level of thing. Is as long as you, <laughs> well, that's great. Yeah. So it, it, uh, if you if like a bare minimum, you're going to be able to get like four points on a turn, you know, because you've got your four warriors. If you can get them to force boss. Now, then again, maybe maybe they don't all uh, uh, aren't all able to get. And, and I should say alone, as in they're the only guy, not. Not that they're the only warrior of their type, but they're the only guy in that territory. So if right. they're in a territory that's someone else's time warrior or mind mind time time mind warrior uh, is, then they're not going to get that right because they don't have true control over time and space that round. Um, other things they can do is uh, is they can they can uh, th- there's an area where they can go they can go to the to the time portal where they can try and add to their add to their fleet and i should should say everybody starts with there's four warriors in each zone right um uh if they want they can place uh workers uh in into the the time portal like kind of kind of the main zone where they can they can pull more warriors they can add more guys to their to their 
uh, their adventure or to their to their war. Um, and uh, 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 every time you do that, you get five victory points uh, for, for adding somebody. Uh, but you got to keep in mind that. Um, um, so no, I guess you'd have to do that. You get that point at the end of your turn uh, when that guy gets added. I need to get something in there about how because of course you're going to get that guy, and then the next turn everybody's going to change seats, and I'm not going to be able to use that that new guy in the next turn. So I'm going to help the guy after me, but I got points for doing that, so that works. That's okay. Um, let's see what else, other things can we do. We could also uh, there's got to be some kind of an atomic bomb. You can you can set off the bomb. You know, of course. Uh, uh, and there's there's 12 atomic bombs that can be blown up across the course of the game, and by setting up an atomic bomb, uh, setting off the atomic bomb, you gain 30 victory points, and everybody who's not in your time period has to lose half of their time warriors. Okay. Um, uh, let's see. If you start the turn and in your in your time, you only have one warrior because everybody else has been destroyed. Uh, then you immediately get an extra 50 points because you're starting from a disadvantage. Um, and, and it, I mean, we can grow from there. I, I've, I'm running out of time. I don't want to overstay my welcome here. But I, I think that's the Too baseline. I think, I think we can all sort of kind of see from there where it's going to go. You know, I don't need to waste a lot of time on it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I hear the publisher's already calling, so, you know. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just, it just writes itself from there, honestly. For sure. So, yeah. So, Chinese mind power. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. <laughs> it's 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 gonna be the newest hit. Indeed, it is. And, and uh, yeah, and I can't uh, I can't tell you how excited I am about it. You know, I've I've really put a lot of time and a lot of thought, especially a lot of thought into it. Um, I'm really proud of the end result. Um, and uh, and I can't wait. To, for it to hit your table, uh, you know, uh, I, it's going to come with with uh, a set of minis. Each, each each mini is unique. There's no duplicates in the game. You know, um, eighty five minis in the game. That's the baseline. But we've got some stretch goals where we're going to be add, able to add another one hundred and ten, uh, and uh, hopefully we can make it. I mean, I don't see why not. I heard minis, so. Yeah, they're already pre-painted too, so you don't even have to worry. So, I mean, there's two different ways you can back it. Uh, oddly enough, but but the the numbers bear this out. The uh, version with the unpainted minis is more expensive than the version with the pre-painted minis. Um, didn't make sense to me, but uh, it made sense on a numbers level. Uh, and you know, you you can't argue with numbers, Jason. Numbers don't lie. No, they don't. You know, and uh, what I'm wondering is though the cards. Will I be able to put them in sleeves? Will, will they fit in sleeves in the box? That's the big thing, you know? Well, Jason, they're... Uh, so, we'll sell you some custom card sleeves. These cards are actually S-shaped. They're shaped like S's. Oh, well, Chinese, I mean, that makes Chinese, sense. Right? So, but, but we'll, don't worry. We'll have custom card sleeves. That's all I needed here. I hope that they are extra, because I'm down with that. Yeah, it's another stretch goal, honestly, the card sleeves. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of time and wasting time, uh, hey, it's yeah. time to be done here. It sure is. Uh, we've got a couple <laughs> voicemails I wish we could listen to, but we can't because uh, Rob is on my phone right now. 
Uh, so there's yeah. nothing I can do about that because we have our suite set up where uh, Rob is sitting on top of a geek out box um, next to his microphone. It's like he's almost here in person. Uh, how, I, how did you know I was sitting on top of that box? I, I just took a guess, you know. Well, because the game's well, not fun, so you might as well just sit on it. Just sit on it. All right. Well, so anyway, builders, we're going to sound like garbage again next week. Apologies in advance. But hopefully you won't have to listen to me sounding like garbage because you'll be able to listen to our wonderful guests next week. Uh, and I'll just be quiet for most of it. And they um, are going to have awesome stuff to say. I'm super stoked about it. I am. Yeah, I'm actually really excited about this conversation. It's, it's a it's a approach to games and a type of game that we've not really uh, talked about uh, formally on here before. So, um, so I think it'll be a cool, different change of pace, and I'm looking forward to it. Yep, so uh, not to spill too much, but join us next week for Sex Games. All right. Yeah, all right. So thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email to buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at podcastetg. Jason is at J.A. Slingerland, and I'm at poorly underscore design. You can like us uh, in places and give us good reviews on podcast spots. And call your Google voice number at 770-TELL-BTG or uh, email us at buildinggamepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, that's, that'll be it for tonight. So good night. Good night. Building the Game is a co-production of Imminent Entertainment and Poorly Designed Studios. All of the ideas presented by Rob and Jason are property of the Building the Game podcast.